Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am really looking forward to this conversation. It is definitely one I have never had on our show, and I think that it's one that needs to be had. Um, Specifically, we are going to be diving into the title world and Instagram and how those two things coexist. But who am I speaking to? That is the big question. Um, And this beautiful lady on the screen, her name is Nudia Rivera. Um, She is the CEO and founder of Novation Title, and she is also the current national president for NAREP. So um, Nudia, I'm so excited to have you. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about this too. I think it's a conversation that Honestly, I don't think I've ever had. Um, I've definitely spoken to plenty of title reps who are utilizing Instagram, but definitely never at the level that you guys are and definitely not um, in this kind of angle, if you will. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. My audience definitely needs to hear this because I know all of our real estate agents and all of our mortgage professionals who are listening are curious about like what the title side of this really entails. But before we go into all of that, I just want to know, and my I want my audience to be able to know, who are you? How did you decide to create Novation Title? And then ultimately, I think a big question, at least I know I have, is how do you become the president of NARREP? Because I feel like that's very badass. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank, I mean, you're, you're a big badass yourself. Like, it's been fun to watch. Um, you draw the audiences and you're doing some big things too, girls. So congratulations to you, you. Um, as well. A little bit about me. So I am an immigrant into this country. I came here when I was the age of 11 years old, um, Mexican father, Spanish mother. And so coming here, uh, having, having to learn a whole new language, like immerse myself in this new culture. And it was like fascinating and incredible. And um, through that process of just growing up as an immigrant kid, um, there's limited resources as far as like, you know, just but my parents did the best they could. There was never any much like extra money for anything um, else, right? Like the bare necessities. Um, and, and what happened with that, though, is that that created this crazy ambition within me because it was something that I was observing and watching of. I loved my life and I was so grateful that we could be here. But at the same time, I was so t- sick and tired of hearing, no, there's no money. And so I just had this defining moment that I'm like, I will never live my life this way. And that's what created my ambition into knowing that it was going to be up to me to create something of myself. So I just started working from a very young age, probably 12 years old, like babysitting, cleaning houses, cleaning schools, um, whatever I could do to to make a buck, you know, and um, so kind of just started working from there. And then even in high school, I could get when you could have work release. I was like, I'm done with my credits. I'm going to go work like I just wanted to work. And it's kind of in my blood. But So fast forward, I got into the title industry at the age of 
22. So very young. Um, my father used to be a real estate agent and his title company needed a Spanish speaking escrow officer. And so that's how I got my foot in the door into this uh, real estate industry, got licensed, uh, you know, six months later, I was starting to build my book of business and grew up from there. Um, eventually I switched companies and just a year and a half after that, but I start had to start all over. Not only did I have to start all over because I had accidentally signed a non-compete that was very restrictive, but I had to start all over in the crash. So 2000 and I switched in the end of 2007 oh, no. and um, we all know what happened there. So rebuilding and um, there were definitely days where I felt like I, I don't know if this is going to work, you know, like literally door knocking as you would relate it to a real estate agent of going into offices of real estate, uh, you know, or lending and just like introducing myself, uh, phone, like cold calling. I had done telemarketing before, so I was used to it, but, you know, went through the crash, eventually became the top producer of my title company. And I just had this desire to like really break this very old school, boring industry that was title. I'm like, is this it to this world? Like people are really coming in here, just feeling like another number. It's so boring. I only have control over my closings, which I always made this exceptional. Like I was a really good escrow officer, um, but I only had that control and um, the environment and everything else felt so stagnant and just old. Right. And I'm like, if this is it to this industry, like, I don't want to be a part of it. So I either create my own and like bring it to life and have it be a place where internally, like in the culture, people get excited about going to work and like, don't mind because of the internal process, of everything and the environment and a place of growth and a place of support and championing for each other in real team, teamwork. Mm -hmm. Um, also with my clients, like having this extraordinary experience that is completely uh, transformed right? What they're used to in this closing process. And so I studied for about a three and a half, four year period, what it would be like to, to launch a business. Cause I was a very great technician, but I, I knew that owning a company was a completely different world. So I did that for about, yeah, almost four years. And then finally decided to do this thing and just had like another defining moment where, when I knew it was something bigger than I, and I just needed to go for it. So I was 31, launched my, made the decision six months later, I was open with Novation title. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And for those of you guys who are listening to this, maybe haven't seen Novation on Instagram, uh, we're obviously going to get into that. But before this, I got to do a lot of research on Novation and, and obviously I'm, I'm friends with several of your uh, employees now at this point, after um, getting to speak for some of them, which was super special, but um, your logo is what I really want to talk about. So I know this is random, but like, I love your logo. And I think that this is a huge conversation right now when it comes to building a personal brand and building a digital brand, right? Something to that is somebody's going to go to Instagram and be like, where have I seen that from before? Or why have I not seen this before? Kind of both. Right. Um, and your logo is very unique. And most title companies, I have to tell you, I feel like you would agree with me. Their logos are so boring. They are literally their name in like block letters. And I'm like, 
very creative. Good job. Um, but <laughs> yours is amazing. Like it's so unique and it's so um, special. Thank you. And I think it goes along with how you kind of describe yourself as, um, you know, CEO of a title company, but you're also a big disruptor. So will you talk to us a little bit about why you built the logo the way you did? What does it represent? Uh, and then how have you tied that into your digital presence? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so when I was having my moment of decision of whether to launch the company or not, I was sitting at a Washington DC. I'm sorry. I was on my way to Washington DC, sitting at a Denver, the Denver airport. And as I was going to write down my pros and cons, like whether I should launch this thing or not, um, that's when I had my moment of like, like no more questions needed, no more data to be gathered, like go do this thing. Um, and I got, you know, emotional. And then at the same moment, there was a bird that was just flying around the airport and it came in literally like stood right next to me and then it just flew away. And so for that, that meant a lot to me as far as freedom and, uh, freedom is a huge value of mine in life. And I, uh, that's what it represents. So when I was having my logo created, I just said to the designer, I just need a bird in there. <laughs> and so he played with a few options. And then when I saw the origami bird, I was like, that's it. I used to play with origami birds as a child. And so, but that's the representation of the bird is, is really freedom to like, go and live your dream, you know? And so, so that good. that's the bird. So good. Um, and I love that it's an origami bird because that's something really beautiful about origami is that you can make literally anything out of a piece of paper. Like it's just so special to think of, um, you know, and some of the stuff that I've seen people make out of this little tiny square of paper is mind numbing to me. But um, one of the things about this is I'm a big psychology nerd. I talk and speak on this a lot. Um, especially when I'm working with clients to like help them understand how to build what their brand will be. Um, and this, the aspect of color psychology is a huge piece here, right? Like colors represent things, colors matter and colors make people feel a certain way. Um, and the irony in that is that your colors or your branding colors are very, very similar to mine. Um, and the right. coloring, <laughs> yeah, the, and you can probably see it right behind me, but, uh, yeah. the turquoise color in a, the reason I ultimately went with that, and I'm, I'm curious why you did, which I'm assuming is very aligned, but it's, a, the turquoise color represents trust, um, and is designed to create a bridge between, I don't know you and I do, right. Which is what trust is supposed to be. Um, or trust is, is something that is earned, right. So as you build that relationship and you build that connection, um, that's what the idea is. Now, when I decided on the coloring, there was also a piece to it of I'm building a digital brand, right? Which means that nobody's going to have met me probably before they decide to hire us. Um, in this case, they're creating this virtual handshake with me and you're like, I hope they like me, right? But that was the coloring choice, right? Of turquoise represents this trust. Now I have to build this digital brand to make people trust me. So when you were deciding on colors, did you put thought into that or did it just kind of happen um like the bird situation for you or was it really intentional um it was both so my that's my it's my favorite color <laughs> and so oh, it, it it was really it was really that but also um I knew a little bit of of what colors represent um I just learned from you by the way because I didn't know all those details of the trust part but um so thanks but uh thanks for that 
but for me it was um a feeling of centeredness a feeling of peace because it was it's the only reason i've built this company was to really help people feel special for them to come in and feel more balanced in their emotions because home ownership and going through the process or even selling a property and you know some that it can be very stressful and there's all kinds of emotions that are flowing through a human um and so i wanted to bring calmness i wanted to bring balance and centeredness to the process as well as celebrating this very special moment and um so that was my thought behind the color of the brand well, it's so true because that those colors do, it's like just a color that makes you feel warm. Like it's a, it's a positive feeling. Um, and I think it's, it's a lot different than, you know, red, which is a very rash kind of bright color and then black, which can be a little bit more of a daunting kind of feels dark color. And, um, yeah, for anyone who's listening, like color psychology, if you look up the color wheel of psychology, like just Google it, it's fascinating how every single color represents something so different. And, uh, my undergrad degree is in psychology and I actually took a color psychology class as an elective. Um, and I was just like, I had no idea. Like to me, a color was just a color. And then all of a sudden you take a class and you're like, whoa, the, the, all of these things actually mean something. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, it's really cool. Um, and it's so true because when I see that color, I just immediately am, am calmer. And I will tell you, um, this is a very timely episode, but, um, I'm actually in the middle of, of building my, forever home, um, in Tennessee. And, um, we're trying to sell our current house here in Louisiana. And we live in a very small military town and it's not selling, um, because we live in a very small town and because it's the most expensive house for sale in this very small town. So you kind of have a double whammy of stress. Um, but I will tell you, I just want to speak to that because that those are real things. Like those are real emotions that every single day, like right before I even got on this call, you know, I'm talking to my lender about like, what does a bridge loan look like? Because our house isn't selling and I, and I need to deal with this other house. Um, so there's just so much that goes into it. So the fact that you thought that and that you put that effort into creating that, I think is so special because more people need it, me included. <laughs> so um, <laughs> um, it, it's, pretty, it's pretty cool um, to hear that. Now, I want to ask you a couple of questions as far as how you present yourself online. Cause I think this is a big question for a lot of people. Like they have these feelings, they want people to trust them. Right. I spoke to somebody just the other day and she goes, well, everybody knows that if they call me, they can trust me. And I'm like, you know, Heather, how do you, how do you make somebody trust you virtually? That's what we're trying to do. Right. So um, I think for you, my question is every agent says that, right. They're like, I want to be the agent that you can trust. I want you to know that like, I'm going to go to bat for you and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that for you. But how do you teach, how would you teach a realtor to do that? And then also when it comes to your brand, how do you conceptualize content to make people feel that way, even if they've never met you? Yeah. Great question. I feel authenticity has always been my biggest key um, to connection in anything, whether it's virtual or, you know, in person. And so obviously there's a big difference between both worlds, as far as the content you're putting out there and how to engage and have like a hook of interest and curiosity. Uh, but I think authenticity, I, I know that I, so we used to teach this class that was millennials and homeownership. And now we're actually, um, about to launch our Gen Z one, because it's, 
like just society has shifted. Right. And, um, but the one thing that has remained constant for me in the last few years of being in business is that people crave authenticity. People want to feel like they know you. Like when I hopped on the call with you, you said to me, I feel like I know you through my social media. And that to me is like the biggest win that I could get from you because I'm like, awesome. So my authentic self putting out this content, having real conversations, being vulnerable and, um, it's people are feeling it on the other side and energy's felt before you even open up your mouth. Right. And it's a little bit harder to do that virtually. And so just have to think of like, you know, what, this isn't about me. What is the message that my audience would like to hear today? Um, how can I actually bring value into their life today? And, um, how can I help them build their business? That's really all we focus on, right? It's like, how do we bring real value to our agents and loan officers so that they know where their partners in this, they know for sure. There's nobody out there. That's not going to be more committed. That's going to be more committed than we are as far as making sure that their business is growing. And so, um, authenticity and being clear with the messaging and it's never about you. I think that's the biggest mistake people make online is like, it's about me. Like, it's not about you. It's you're a, you're a mirror for people. So what is it that you're saying is going to resonate? It's going to help, um, their day, their business, their life, whatever it is that you're putting out there. Yeah. I think you said something super powerful right there that I don't want people to miss. And so I want to like go back to it and then dive further into this part of the conversation. But, um, people like you said, what you said is you are a mirror, right? And you also said that it's not about you. And I think for real estate agents specifically, if we, if we talk to them and, and honestly, even the LOs, cause this just happened, um, just the other day, the Scotsman guide got released, which is specifically for the mortgage industry. Um, and you know, it has like the top 1% of all of the loan originators and, and everyone all over social media was like, I'm in the top 1% or like you have your real estate agents that are like top 1% agent in my state. And, or I did this much volume this month. Yay me. I'm number one in my brokerage. Right. And it becomes this kind of flashy, who am I show as compared to somebody else. And I think what's missing there is that's not what I'm hiring. Right. Like I'm not hiring the fact that you're the top 1% because at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything to me. You could be a brand new agent, never done a deal. And you might be the, the best agent for me, honestly. Um, and I think that being able to show that, um, and talk about that and, and value where you came from, I think is a huge part of it because I don't know if you've experienced this, but we talk to a lot of people before they get into real estate or in your case, like before they decide to become title reps or before they decide to become even a real estate agent for that matter. Right. Um, or excuse me, mortgage professional, but in general, they come out of a career before they get into that. Like you even yourself said, I came out of and did X, Y, Z before I got into this. Um, and that's so valuable. And I think that people think that they, oh, well, I was a teacher before. Nobody cares about that because now I'm a real estate agent. No, everybody cares about the fact that you were a teacher before. So being able to lean into that. But I'm just curious what your thoughts are on the whole, I'm the top 1% or, you know, hey, look how many listings I have or how many transactions I did. What's your take on yeah. all that? 
so there's that fine balance, right? Cause I'm all about like, okay, celebrate yourself, celebrate your wins. You work so hard. And then we sometimes are like, yay. And then move on to the next thing. And we're always like chasing, right? Like what's next, what's next. And so I do feel there's a good, a healthy balance. Like, please celebrate yourself. Feel free to share. That's, that's not what I don't think we're either of us are trying to say, like, don't share your wins, but there's definitely a way to share your wins. And it cannot only be about that. Like most people are not going to hire you based on your significance. Most people are going to hire based on them trusting you, them liking you and them wanting to do business with you as you being the expert in that specific career or that specific position they're hiring you for. So yes, celebrate your wins. But if I, if we go on your page and all you're saying is how, you know, you're the 1% and you won all the awards. And it's like, that does not answer my need. And it does not answer the question I have, which is how are you going to help me get the results I want? And every person is different, right? You have all kinds of different personality styles. People have different needs, right? And your job as a real estate professional is to find out their pain and then give solutions and answers to that pain. But you talking about yourself all day is like nothing to do with answering their pain point. So celebrate yourself go kill it. And yes, and <laughs> like most of your content should be uh, you have contribution for the people and to find solutions to the pain points and their problems. And that's your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I couldn't, I, I actually took notes on that one statement because I, you said most people are not going to hire you for your significance um, because I just, I've, I had never heard it said that way before. And it's, if that's all anybody gets out of this, like what a wild statement to make that's going to be transformative in how you produce content. Um, but I want to I want to spin this just a little bit and think specifically to title because I do have a lot of title reps that I would say consume my content regularly. Um, you know, I've I've definitely been reached out to by or reached out to by several of them saying like Michelle, like we want to be better at this and there's got to be a better way to connect and you know, we don't know how to do any of this. Like, what do people care about? Like title is really boring. And, you know, you kind of hinted at the fact that title can be very boring at the very beginning of this. And so if you're speaking directly to other title people, what would you say to them as far as content strategy? Like, cause I I've consumed some of your content and I can say your, your caption, the way you caption things is definitely very different than the standard title company. Um, and for those of you guys who are like, what do you mean? Go look at Novation's Instagram and you'll find out. Um, but what what would you what would you say to people um, if they're listening and they're specifically in that title world? Yeah, um, thank you for that, Michelle. Um, I appreciate that. I it, it's it, first the first like thing about marketing is knowing your audience, right? And so the very first tool or advice I would give you is. And I tell this to my reps and my people all the time. We're not here to work with everybody. We're not. We have a very specific target audience and desired client we want to work with. And we obsess over our clients. A lot of people make this mistake that they become obsessed with their brand 
and their wins and, you know, things we've talked about and discussed instead of being obsessed with their clients. So that's what we do here. We're obsessed with our clients. Therefore, we do research on what their needs are. We literally did a case study at the end of last year, asked over 200 agents in the Salt Lake Valley, very specific questions. And from there, we've created our marketing solutions and value adds to actually help them, again, fix that problem or um, find a solution to the pain point. So we're obsessed with that. So know your audience. What would they... What do they need to hear? What do they look for? What are their, what, what helps them uh, sleep better at night? You know, what, uh, what do they struggle with the most? Um, so that's your first, that's the very first thing you, you've got to do is figure out who you're talking to. Um, if you look on our page, like we're not talking to everyone, probably like an older audience would not relate very much to our content. Uh, but you know, younger, like millennials and people who are top 500 producers, like that's where audience is. And I can give you even more details, but we know who we're talking to. And so our content is based on our audience. And so I would say, figure out who you're talking to, who you want to attract, and then open up the imagination ideas, right? Um, but and this is for everyone, not only, you know, title reps, real estate agents, loan officers, what sets you apart? Like if I go and look at all of the real estate agents profiles or, you know, um, Facebook accounts and you 90% of you look the same, mm -hmm. there's, no, there's not much difference between your post and ex agents post and ex loan officers post. So you have to remember that consumers are, especially even more now, they are scrolling and they are being blasted with so much content. They are inundated with content. So what is it that you're saying that's going to set you apart for them to pause in the scroll? That's your job to figure out. So what are you going to put out there that sets you apart? If you're just like every other title company, just posting the same stuff, why would they stop? What's going to catch their attention within the first 30 seconds or three seconds? Sorry. And so you've got to be very intentional with what you're putting out there, not just a video of you dancing like everyone else, not just, you know, that just listed just sold that. Like, what is your unique value proposition and what makes you different? There's only one you. That's the beautiful thing about being a human being and being in this experience is you, you, there's only one of you and you do have a story. Like I loved Michelle, how you really challenged your client and like, of course, share that you were a teacher. What's your story? There is not a better way to connect with people than storytelling. So share the story of your, of your journey, share the story of your brand, share the story um, of your challenges, of how you failed, but you got back up, right? That's what people will want to see. Mm -hmm. Not only how you were the 1%. Cool. And like, what's the whole rest of your life? Let the guards down. Like, let's, let's like start taking down more and more of the masks, right? 
Um, Because that is what people will connect to. And that is they want to work with authentic people, people that are real, people that also have pain points that have been there and gotten over the hump. So I think that's my biggest like thing I can give to people is the more real you are, the more authentic to your true self that you are in your own branding and your own expression, it's only going to create bit like a larger influence in your community but stop doing the same thing that everybody else is doing like amen sister amen (laughs) yeah I uh I talked to a guy um I was at a a conference in LA and he came up to me afterwards I was on a, a really fun panel and he came up to me afterwards and he's like so you're telling us that we need to be okay being just like our quirky, like personal, whatever we want to be selves. And I was like, absolutely. And he goes, well, what if I really, really like pizza? How do I make pizza a part of my marketing? And I was like, dude, you could be the pizza realtor. Like everywhere you go, you bring pizza (laughs) with you and you like go to every restaurant and you record all your value series videos and you do them in pizza restaurants. And it's like your brand, it's your thing. And he's like, really? Why not? Like that's a way to get somebody to stop the scroll. But the reality is that people find excuses to create barriers, right? They're like, well, nobody else is doing that. This is what everybody else is doing. So I I think I'm going to go this direction. And, and I have to say this, you know, obviously we're both uh, CEOs and powerful women. And I think that this is important to say, um, there's a reason why we are CEOs and why others are not right. And they're, how that happens is you make, in my opinion, is you make a decision to be okay with not doing what everybody else is doing, right? Like, yes, I understand that me going this direction is a travel or is a path that has been less traveled. And there's a reason it's been less traveled because it's hard, right? Being the CEO of anything is a challenge. Um, growing a team is a challenge. You have all of these op- like kind of obstacles, but the reality is, is that guy who wants to create a brand about pizza is anybody else doing that? No. So in his mind, that's hard, right? In his mind, that's like, well, that's not what anybody else is doing. So why would I do that? But in my mind, from my seat, and I would imagine from your seat, we're like cheering him on, like, no, go, like, go do that, man. Like, you're going to kill it. Um, And it's going to be so fun. Um, So I will say to second that, you know, if that is you, like, if you have that something in your heart that is like, this is just who I am, but I feel like nobody will care. The reality is, is that people do care and your audience will find you. Um, and the other piece to that, that I will say is if you try to speak to everyone, I really believe you're actually speaking to no one, because I think what Mm -hmm. happens is if you are willing to say, this is me, this is who I am, right. People are going to naturally be attracted to that, the right people for you. But also it's going to make you, in my opinion, more attractive to people who might be outside of that in some cases, right? Like if you say you're the divorce agent, like you specialize in working with families who are going through divorce, that doesn't mean that somebody that's not divorced isn't going to reach out to you. If anything, that is going to maybe make me reach out to you more because I'm going to say, well, if you can deal with all of that and I'm like way less drama over here, like you could definitely (laughs) help me, right? Like I say that lovingly, but- I have, I have many, many very close friends who have been through divorce. So I, I mean that in a, in a very positive way, but, um, yeah, you, you know what I mean? No, oh, you're, dead, you're dead on. Like, I fully agree with all that you're saying. And like, there's so much 
I think that also branding and marketing, like this is the a huge fun part for me in my, in my business. Cause I'm very artistic actually. So like, for me, this is like creativity at its max, you know? Um, and so I have so much fun with it. And I think that people just forget of tapping into that imagination, you know, people forget, um, it's almost like they don't tap, they don't want to tap into their inner child because along the way, someone told them like, Oh, you know, you don't do that. That's not professional. That's not, that's not serious enough. And it's like, business is really fun actually. And I've like, I've been so proud of the brand that I've built with the marketing we've built and we are a very fun and celebratory company and we're still professional, you know, like I'm still, I'm not like it, it, you can do what I'm saying is you can do both, but you can get creative and don't be, don't be afraid to like imagine and do something totally different. That is what makes life fun. That is what makes business fun. It, it shouldn't be seriousness only and just the stagnant situation. Some of the most powerful and successful real estate agents that I know, and I'm very lucky to know a lot of them, I have a massive network across the nation, have been very creative in the way they do business, you know, and people have major respect for them, but they also have gotten very creative with their culture, with the way they do business, with the way they market themselves. And um, so if you're not willing to tap into your imagination, you're doing everyone a disservice, including yourself, starting with you. But also it's more fun, right? Like you said that you said it's like business so should be fun. fun. And if I yeah. have to sit behind my desk every day, and do the same thing every single day and and I'm not actually enjoying it, what's going to happen? Eventually we're going to stop doing it, right? First and foremost, we all know that if you if you don't love something or you don't see value in it, right? You're not going to continue to do it. Like nobody loves going to the gym and feeling like you're going to fall over and die afterwards. But the reality <laughs> is, is like we keep going, right? Because we we are attached to the outcome of what that makes us feel like or how that makes us feel or what we feel like when we look at ourselves in the mirror or like the confidence it gives us and yada, 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 go down the list of all of the things that working out can, can be beneficial for. But the reality is, is like sometimes in the day to day, that's not always the funnest thing, but we're attached to the outcome. And I think that if you can find ways to make fitness fun, and this is just the example that I'm using, right. But if you can find ways to make fitness fun, then, and you add that kind of, or inject the creative aspect to how do we create a situation where it's healthy, it's fun. You're getting vitamin D, like you're with your friends, like you're doing all of these things. I mean, I went to the gym this morning and my kid went with me, like my 20 month old came, he was trying to lift barbells. Like he was running around, like all of the other moms that are in there, they're all <laughs> supportive. They're like, bring your kid, like we'll help. Um, you know, and at the same time, like my son gets to watch me work out and like, that's the most important and valuable thing. Right. Um, but you have to find a way to make your marketing fun. Um, and for me, like I will say, and this is a big question I have of you because I know you do a lot of reels too. Um, and I know a lot of your reps actually do a ton as well. I mean, Courtney is, is hilarious when she does a lot of hers. Um, Courtney actually inspired one of my recent ones. Um, but I think in general, like Tristan, for an example, she does a ton of reels too. But I think for me, when I'm doing reels, even still, I've been doing this for nine, almost nine years. I still don't love the way that I look on real. Sometimes I don't love the way I sound. I'm like, man, I just totally messed up that 
lip sync or like whatever the the song was like, but <laughs> I still do them anyway, right? Um, because I know that I have a way of positioning what I'm trying to say. And if I don't love the way that I look, that's okay because the only person that thinks that is me. But um, when it comes to reels, why are so many of your reps doing reels constantly? And and is that coming from you? Is that an internal thing? Um, and how do you get somebody who works for you to go, okay, I guess I'll do one when in reality, they probably are like, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so good. Well, it's really a part of just following the trends, right? So right now it's a trend. And so of course we're going to capitalize on a trend to get us more eyeballs. And so um, following trends, like this is the smartest thing you can do so that you can, again, capitalize as much as you can with this free marketing that you have on social media. So, uh, but yes, there's definitely standards and it does come from me as far as they have certain expectations of how many to do a week. Um, and we, you know, they're definitely given sovereignty on what they want to post. They There's a huge library of, of things that we offer. And so they can, you know, do a spinoff of that. And they do fan a fantastic job, especially Tristan. Like it's been fun to watch her grow into who she's become and getting more confident as well on, on doing the videos, right. And reels. I think that, I think that you, you have to remember, we all started somewhere like Michelle, you, um, started at a certain point making videos and doing podcasts and public speaking the mm -hmm. same thing for me. I, I started somewhere. I, if I go back and like watch some of my old videos and some of my public speaking, so <laughs> there's like huge growth, you know, that has happened. It's amazing. But just remember everyone started somewhere. Um, and don't worry about perfection. I still mess up on some of my videos and I still post it because I just don't care because that's real life, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. especially for social media. If I'm doing something like I had a Ted talk last in March. And of course I had to like really, really perfect that as much as I could. Right. Because it's like a one-time shot. So it, it, that was a more serious thing for me, but social media, it's like, have fun with it. Who cares if you said a word and then reworded it and, that's reality. That's you're a human being. So stop, stop obsessing over perfection on your posts and on your reels. Just have fun with it. Make sure you're putting out the content and the message that your passion is coming across and you'll be good. Well, so and that would think, be my, don't you sense. think messing up <laughs> on like messing up on social media reels or like reels for Instagram, I have to be like fully transparent and say, that like when I was preparing for a public speaking of some kind, like the mess up reels where I'm like, Ugh, that was not good. Actually, I believe got me closer to being able to speak the way that I now speak. Right. So it's like kind of getting the cobwebs or kind of getting that, like, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands thing and it allows you to play through that process so that when you are speaking yeah. in real life or you are doing your Ted talk, right. Which like, I have to pick your brain on that because that is an absolute dream of mine to do a TED Talk. And I've thought about it for years. And I'm like, how does one get asked to do a TED Talk? Um, anyways, but like the reality is that I believe all of that mess up creates the opportunity for when we do have to do something and it is in more of a polished setting. We've gotten the oopses 
sort of out of the way, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's like your practice, right? So anytime that I've spoken, like I video everything. And so I go back and I watch it and I study it so I can become better. And this has been a, a, you know, like years of progress and process and studying to become better. So that's, but that's life guys. Like evolution is a part of that human experience. So, uh, but you got to start somewhere. So be brave enough to just do it. And then you keep on getting better. It's like the muscle you have to just how Michelle, you were saying like the gym, right? It's a muscle. Like you have to practice it, but fear, when the fear shows up, what will destroy fear is the action you take. Yeah. So, so we true. all feel the fear and those sensations anyway. It's just, we choose to still take the action. That's Absolutely. the only difference. And everybody's capable of that. And I think that's the important thing is everybody is capable of taking the action in the moment of fear, but there will be few who do and and more that don't. Um, So the idea is be one of the ones that do. Um, But I do obviously want to be a very good steward of your time. I know that, you know, you're a very, very busy lady and um, I'm honored that you took the time to talk to me, but I really want my audience to know what's coming up for you. I'm assuming that there's some big events happening Um, And then also, how do we get connected to you on social, Um, you know, Novation Title obviously has their own Instagram, but you personally, I think a lot of people would probably love to get connected to as well. Thank you, Michelle. Um, So yeah, just a couple of things that are coming up once uh, more for, um, I do have an event coming up. I do two big events a year, and this is one of them. It's called Levitate, and it is uh, public speaking. Uh, influence and leadership training. It's really a masterclass. Not only am I going to be sharing, but I have another three incredible speakers who have mastered this. And so if that's like, I would say if that's an event, you can make it to, um, it's going to be here in Salt Lake City. I have people from all over the nation attending. It's going to be extraordinary. So if you can make it June 15th, I'd love to have you. Um, my, my, uh, Instagram handle is Nuria, N-U-R-I-A dot P dot Rivera. So you can follow me there and see, you know, some of the information about that event. And the second part is, and I haven't really even announced this, but for, uh, I'm going to start expanding into different markets, um, offering a joint venture or franchise model. And so for any real estate agents out there who are interested in this, please reach out to me as well. And we're starting to do background work on that. So um, oh those are what those a big, like to- that is a huge <laughs> deal. And I'm so glad you shared that because I will make sure in uh, the show notes and in the email that goes out after this, that people know how to get in touch with you and, and how to be able to do that. Cause I, I mean, I would want to work for a company that's as forward thinking as you, if, if I didn't own my own, um, but I, I love it and I love what you're doing. And I'm so honored to have had the opportunity to get to know you. And I truly, truly believe that this is just the very beginning for the two of us together. And um, thank you for, for pouring sure. into my audience and into my people. And um, for everybody listening, if you loved this episode, please leave us a review wherever you watch um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, anywhere you guys see it, you can leave a review, even on Google. Um, and then also, if you guys have ideas for other amazing guests, please reach out to me and let me know. Um, these are the types of people guys that I really love interviewing because this is how we make magic happen in our day to day and in our businesses. So 
Um, Nudia, thanks so much for being here. I super appreciate you. Oh my gosh, Michelle. It's seriously such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thanks guys. We'll see you in the next episode. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.